Welcome to the Channel for Grace Uncut podcast. This is a deep dive into my life, my stories, my experiences, the things that I love to talk about, the things that inspire me, and my thoughts and observations about the world. This is a podcast where you'll mostly find me sharing myself uncensored, but where you will also meet amazing guests and hear about topics that will inspire you to keep learning, to keep searching for your truth, and to guide you to be unapologetically you. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. I am so excited today to have um, a very special guest that I just recently met, kind of in a very um, synchronistic way. Her name is uh, Adriana Munoz. And um, I to tell a little backstory about how we met, we uh, I guess she she was taking a uh, at a clay a clay workshop or a clay class, something like that, with my mom. Um, and, um, I got this call from my mom telling me, you have to talk to this lady. She's amazing. You know, there's just something about this. Like, I feel this is beautiful connection and she would love to, you know, look at her astrology. And so we got together and, um, looked at your astrology and a little bit of your human design and, and, and got talking. And one of the most um, powerful things that um, Adriana has to share is her story of um, moving through the the having a relationship with this what we would call disease of cancer and so I would love um, for this podcast to be really just her being able to tell her story and share whatever she wants to share and see however this unfold. So I'm excited and so happy to have you here on the podcast. Adriana, um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. So I would love to for you to tell us a little bit about, you know, your story for for those that don't, you know, that don't know anything about you, what you know, how would you? um, How would you how would you describe your story? Okay, I'm uh... I was born in Colombia, South America. That is uh, my origin. My parents are also from South America. Uh, They came uh, in 1962. I was six years old and I was raised mostly here. And um, I always uh, felt the need to, to go back and to reconnect with my country and my family that was left there um and it wasn't until uh let's see well i had gone for um, vacations two or three times during my youth and but the last time was like when i was 20 and um and i didn't go back for another 30 years. So um, uh, of course, that experience itself has has marked me in many, many ways. And uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, (laughs) because I had the same experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, and I never felt 
quite like I fit or I don't know. I always yearned for home, mm. whereas my parents never did, <laughs> but I did. And so, um, so I really wasn't able to get back until uh, I was 50 and I made it a point to, to start going back every year and reconnect with family over there. So um, I've had, uh, I've been healthy generally, really pretty healthy and strong, but uh, probably the first illness that, that came up or, or cancer was, um, was when I was 40. And it was a, a big change because I was coming back to the United States from having lived in Mexico for eight years. Wow. And um, so uh, it was, um, it was a frightening experience, you know, at the time I had never had anything like that. But I, I immediately had the sense of, um, I had been reading uh, some, what was her name? Um, it was a, an author, uh, a woman who talked about, I can't remember her name, um, um, illnesses and how they are connected to your emotions. Was it Caroline Miss? No, it's the younger. Else? I mean, okay. older. Um, she started way back before Carolyn's. Mm -hmm. I think before Carolyn's. Anyway, uh, it was interesting because it would give you the connection between what the disease was and what it was connected to um, emotionally in your in your body. And were so, you reading? Were you reading this book? Um, before the diagnosis or was it something that you picked up after because of the diagnosis after before because of the diagnosis yes mm. after um because I, I i had this intuitive feeling that there was some message i mean mm -hmm. there's some some reason that mm -hmm. um, there had never been any history of uh of that in my family up until that, that point. So it was just odd. So, um, but it did scare me, although it was, as the doctor said, you know, the least uh, horrible cancer because it's, it was very easily um, dealt with and very easily uh, good recovery and, and no problem. Ever. And if you don't, if you don't mind me asking, what was the, what was the type of cancer that, that you experienced at that time? It was thyroid cancer. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So because after having uh, read those things, you know, it was pretty much that the thyroid or the, like the, that area the, mm -hmm. in your body represented speak your your throat you know the speaking mm -hmm. the expression mm -hmm. and it made so much sense to me because i was a very quiet uh, uh, soft-spoken um afraid to express 
mm-hmm. uh, all my life, ever since I was a child. Um, I was, you know, my energy was very expressive as a child, and my parents just couldn't handle that. That was just not something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so on on every level, I mean, emotionally affectionate, and and they were not, you know open to that and uh you know and just the whole uh cultural thing you know children are meant to be heard or Mm -hmm. meant to be what is it meant Meant to be uh (laughs) i don't remember not spoken (laughs) to you know it's like something like not then not meant they're meant to be be seen not heard that's it to be seen exactly (laughs) you know Exactly. And I completely, yeah. And I, you know, we had that same experience as well, you know, growing up, um, there was very much like, you just do what we tell you and you just follow the rules that we give you and that's all you get, you know, and there's no going outside of this box. And so as a, you know, I, re- I resonate with that a lot because in my childhood, especially coming from another country there was especially in my my mom there was a lot of fear of like i don't know why it was this fear of like getting deported for her that was like the big the big thing right because we came and we didn't you know we weren't residents um we became i mean we're we're uh citizens now but we became um it, it was later on you know we were years and years you know and finally got our residency i think when i was in uh high school so for a lot of that time, there was this kind of uncertainty, you know, and in the air. And uh, honestly, we had family and and, and everything. And so there wasn't, it, there was no danger, you know, but this sort of lingering fear made it so that we were so overprotected. We were so overprotected. We really, I, I didn't feel like I was allowed to really do any of the things that the other kids would do. And so technically, I didn't really have the same childhood that I think a lot of um, other children here in the United States have. There's so much more like, I think, freedom, a little bit more freedom allowed. And I think that we um, had a, a lot more constriction because of that. There was just a lot. It felt like there was a lot more control. So I completely resonate with, you know, I had a very similar experience that I feel like I didn't really get to experience life or explore or or express or anything because there was all these sort of you have to be careful with this and be careful with that and be careful with that and you can't do that and you can't do that and no that not to that no no no, no, no. everything is no (laughs) yeah right yeah Yeah, Yeah. I you know exactly um similar in in that I think it's just I think it, it from just the point of view of an immigrant you know whether you're uh you know legal or not it's it's I mean I've I was I right. came in a very safe situation I was it was younger it was a earlier time in history and mm-hmm. and you know we came with all the right papers and all the right stuff so it wasn't for for me it wasn't so much this that but I I, I wonder you know if it was just the taking away from from what you understood was home you know, I think that sometimes I think any child, you know, that experiences that and, and with the addition of a change of, of um, culture. Exactly. You know? And so the culture that, thing is huge yeah. because uh, like you say, you know, the, 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 
the correct things to do and the correct things to say in the way that you behave, especially in uh, the Latin culture, it's just so much more uh, marked. Plus add the addition of any kind of um, class system, which is mm -hmm. another huge thing. Mm -hmm. and uh that gets that gets really complicated <laughs> it does you know it's yeah. a you know for me what i what i call it when i look at my past now i understand why it all happened like now i understand why we came to the united states and why i'm here now it all makes sense now but it took this long i'm 38 now to literally get to the point where i'm like okay now i know but what I call it is like this huge like uprooting because you're right. It was like we were taking out, we were, we were like taken out of home and put into like a completely like new environment where everything had to change. Like even even the everything, the way we did things, how we functioned in the world, um, family, it was like, and we, you know, and even, even when we came um, was like 90, early 90s and back then we didn't really quite have the internet yet like we have it now and so when we left it felt like we were never going to see anybody again there was such a distance mm -hmm. you know it felt like it was such a distance so right. i don't know if you also experienced that but huge uprooting yes children definitely yeah so um so yeah so the the thing about speaking was was a really huge uh, thing for me and ironically at that time uh i was getting into a whole other career because i had to readapt to coming back to the united states after being in mexico and to uh to work and i started a new career and became uh, an elementary school teacher Oh, wow. And so, um, but my, my original studies were in, in art, in visual art. So I studied, um, I had a degree in, in visual art and I just, I was working as a, as an artist <clears throat> in Mexico and doing pretty well, but, um, the devaluation came and I had a child. And so that uh, changed a lot of things. And so I ended up coming back to the United States, which I did not like. I didn't want to have to come back and live here. But I figured oh, I'll work five, you know, eight years and, and go back, you know, just sort of because I had a business going and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So anyway, um, it was very hard to have to come back. But I did, and um, but again, the, those issues of um, insecurity about about expressing my own personal emotion, uh, my 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 emotions uh, were really um, uh, repressed in many ways, and so, and I understood that with the thyroid cancer, and I began to work. Uh, consciously on on those things and then when I was 50 so I was fine up until I was 50 and then I went back to Colombia and that was actually fine too except that um, 
I developed a, uh, a strange heart thing that my heart was fine. It was just that I had a congenital uh, growth in my heart. And so they, so I had to have open heart surgery. Wow. Extremely traumatic. Oh Actually, my God, I, I almost imagine. feel, I almost feel like that that was very, very hard compared to cancer. Cancer's a breeze. It's a piece of cake compared to, <laughs> to, uh, to that because it opened stuff in me that I, I was literally um, PTSD for about a year with wow. that. And which I didn't even know that people got PTSD from heart surgery, but yes, they do. So, um, that was a long haul, very difficult. Um, but, you know, again, I was resilient and came back to, you know, working in again and doing things again. And, and it was fine. Again, I, I tried to see what was going on on a, on a, um, a spiritual level. And I knew that the connection to the heart, the, um, I've always been very sensitive and, and I don't know, there's such a thing as over empathetic. And I think there is, <laughs> I think there is. <laughs> <laughs> and I would get into situations that were, um, that were painful to me emotionally because I thought I could help or I thought I could change someone or I thought I could, uh, yeah, I thought that I could, I, I had the capacity to, and I realized that uh, that I really needed to understand that better. Um, just the whole uh, empathy uh, issue. Mm -hmm. And so then, um, I that took me into being around fifty. Yeah, I was around 50. And then um, again, I recovered pretty well once I recovered and um, up until I was 60. So uh, at 60, my um, I developed a, a very rare so so these things have been rare which yeah, there's a theme is, here. Yeah, so there's a there's something there's a message that I haven't been able to decipher quite yet, but they are very unusual things. They're usually one in a million uh, wow. things. So, and the fact that there's more than one was really, has been a question for me. Um, so again, the, the thyroid was pretty normal, but the heart surgery is very rare very rare in adults, especially because it does happen in, in children. Mm -hmm. And then the cancer, so I was diagnosed in 2017 with a, um, a very rare breast cancer that wasn't really exactly a breast cancer. It just seemed to appear in the breast, but it was a cancer that appears in different parts of the body. It could have been anywhere. So I did that whole treatment and everything. And uh, almost a year later, I um, 
I went into a to a to a um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Hippocrates Institute. I'm not, but okay. you well, were mentioning it before. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, just a um, a wonderful uh, place to recover and get yourself back uh, into getting the toxics out of your body. Also, the goal definitely is to change your um, your eating habits and and they have a lot of wonderful things there. So anyway, I was there for three weeks and and just detoxing and the whole thing from all the chemo. And then I my plan was to go to South America to Colombia to live and I figured that's where I wanted to go. I wanted to go home. I wanted to, to be there. And um, two weeks into it, I started feeling headaches and sick, uh, like something was wrong and mainly just headaches and vision problems and went to emergency and found out that I had um, a tumor in my brain. And 24 hours later, I was in the hospital in Los Angeles and it was a glioblastoma. So uh, again, another cancer, They're completely different. And, um, and they gave me 18 months to live. And I have, um, I have survived almost five years, which has been amazing. And I totally, um, I really think that a lot of my recovery was due to, uh, to just for the first time, really focusing 100% on making art at that time, because it was like, okay, well, I don't, I, if I have 18 months to live, then I just, what do I want to do with those, with that time? Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I thought, okay, travel what I can and, uh, and make art, just make art, which was my love and which I did not really couldn't really do most of my life because of financial reasons and mm -hmm. um and because especially when I had my son it was like you know I can't uh, live the in the way that I had been living mm -hmm. and I wanted him to have more stability so um so things changed and that's why I ended up in, in Los Angeles going back to getting another degree and another job and um but I, I i thought that i could do artwork while being a teacher that was my idea because you get so much time off but of course having a child it didn't really work out that way mm -hmm. and maybe just my lack of discipline i don't know you know i mean there could be many many reasons and um so I have been cancer, like I said, cancer free for almost five years. And then this, it just came back uh, a few months ago. And I'm in the process of uh, doing an end of life program, because there is no cure. And there is nothing they've been able to give me that can um, really stop the growth for for more than four months. And I'm at I'm at the um, end of the first month, so uh, and open to to trying different things and looking at my life again and these issues, trying to understand because I could understand all the other illnesses and 
things in the past like I could associate it to to a part of the body but the the glioblastoma I really I don't quite understand you know like I don't have a clear uh, you know like the why of that as far as mm -hmm. on a spiritual level you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well it's interesting um some of the things that that come to me i don't know the specifics of of what that type of cancer is or what you know western medicine says about it um but the thing that i know about the connection uh, with our brain and our energy body is um, the brain is our connection to it's got the two you know the pituitary gland and the pineal gland and and those are the glands that connect us to like the divine you know that connect us to the spirituality and it is one of the things that i've learned too about um the mind and the fact that we are conscious beings is that that's what makes us divine um and yeah i mean those are just i mean i don't know if i don't know if if anything you know the, this is just what's coming up for me right now is just thinking about you know the brain and the function that the brain has you know in the body and and what it does for us and the fact that the brain is is the part where we have this ability to be conscious and to be you know um to expand but to 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 realize that we're so much more than uh like a physical body that we are spiritual beings having a human experience it's one thing that i find um so so courageous is your ability to you know talk talk freely about this stuff um i think that a lot of people like there's so much fear um and that's something that you were mentioning before we started is that the this whole process has taken you to a deeper level within yourself and maybe yes. you can you can speak to that a little bit what has what has this done for you well it's it's almost like the the message the big message for me in my life through these um through the understanding of the connection of the illnesses and the body the body response to the emotional things that i've gone through is so the, the message seems to me uh, personally um that i I really needed to or continue to need to focus on my bliss on on what what uh, makes me happy and what makes me uh, uh, it's not you know just happy happy <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's a deep it's a deep uh, satisfaction yeah what is yeah. the deep satisfaction and yes. my deep satisfaction has always been um, uh well definitely uh questioning um through through you know knowledge and learning and re uh, reading and um asking questions 
but also asking questions through my artwork. My I could never do artwork, uh, commercial artwork, because <laughs> I just couldn't. It just didn't make any sense to me. I don't know. I just felt like that was just not my path. I couldn't do that. And um, and it also wasn't just expressing any old thing or anger. Somehow I felt like I needed to, um, I don't know, just create, you know, just create. And I, I had opportunities, but they were, they were stopped for different reasons, whether it was because I had a child or because I didn't have money or because I was, uh running away from a relationship or you know mm -hmm. or i was in a relationship there was always reasons not to do what i really loved to do and what i felt compelled to do mm -hmm. so um and i i like i said i would do it sporadically and it really wasn't until the the the, diag the breast diagnosis, which basically said to me, you have three years, that's it. Three years is what our expectation is. And um, and so I thought, okay, great. I can do three years. I can do, you know, just focus on artwork and, and myself for, for that time. But then, but the, the, I haven't said this, but um, when I was diagnosed with the breast cancer, my response was, uh, I was happy. I was actually relieved and happy. I was, I had been going through a lot with my son and life had always had these, I had, the, there were just a lot of difficulties. I never felt life uh, was such a great deal. You know, it was just, um, I was very un, ungrateful, I guess, of life. I just didn't appreciate I didn't appreciate it. And uh, I only saw the negative things about life and the pain and the sorry and the sadness of uh, everything from, you know, uh, the AT&T commercials that used to be, you know, and reach out and touch someone <laughs> and just that. You know, it's like, yes, yes, everybody reach out and touch someone. <laughs> so from that to wars and, and everything, you know, I mean, and also, you know, we were, I was just talking to somebody and remembering, we were talking about the kids today. A lot of kids have this very negative attitude towards life you know it's like they really feel hopeless a lot of them really feel very hopeless and I remember you know but then again I thought well wait a minute you know we we grew up in an era where it was the the duck and cover and we also were really afraid that the world was going to end at any minute now and and at, when I was a teenager I, I felt hopeless I thought you know why anything if this world's going to blow up you know it was just sort of this general depression about this the world you know so it really wasn't until really it wasn't that probably until I had my son when I realized um, that that was quite a uh, affirmation of having any hope because 
I didn't want to have children either for the same reason. It was like, why would you want to bring a child into this world? And so I, you know, if you'd asked me at 37, if I was going to have a child, I would have said no. And I had my son when I was 38. So it's like, you know, things definitely changed. And, um, and yes, somehow children seem to be a, a it represents hope somehow, a hope for the world, hope for the future. But um, it's, you know, I, again, just that my sensitivity towards everything was always, I, I think a little too much or something. Maybe I didn't have that honed in, but I was always really sensitive about things. Mm -hmm. how, did, how did everything change? You mentioned that when you, when you, the first time you had I think you said it was around 40, like the diagnosis where you started to read about yes. the connections between diseases and emotions and well-being and all of that. Louise Hay. I just there remember her name. Yes. Louise Hay. Love that. Yes. Yeah. So you so you you went you you went on a journey. Like this this took you on yes. a journey of self-discovery, right? Yeah, but I feel like I've been on this journey of self-discovery since I was 30. I had a very um, big, big, my, basically, I would have to say my awakening was when I was 30. And my world changed completely upside down. Mm. I was, um, yeah, I, I was in a relationship. I had a husband and... Um, and a woman came into my life who was 15 years older than I was and um, announced that we needed to be unmarried <laughs> and that we were uh, playing a game, basically, if, of uh, uh, being married and that both of us were not real. I mean, she, she just kind of came and, and said all these things and, and it was like breaking, shattering the glass castle that we lived in. Mm -hmm. And more so for me, because I had expectations of, of, um, I had more expectations than he had. So, um, so it was, it was a big, big thing. So basically my entire world was turned around completely. You know, what I thought was up was down and what I thought was down was up. <laughs> and, and that's I, usually how it all starts. <laughs> yeah. And then that, 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 uh, that got me to Mexico, that experience and Mexico became a really uh, beautiful, um, uh, what would it be? Not a birthing, but a um, growing of effect of a feminine side that I had that I hadn't developed. And, um, and I was, it was the place where I really became an artist and I, and I, and I worked as an artist and um, taught. I, I taught at one of the universities in a small town there. And um, it's, it's just a lot of really magical things happened while I was in, in Mexico. 
So you've had a lot of experiences. It almost seems like over and over of being given, you have this much time to live or you have yeah. this much time to live. And then, then there's another one you have this. Right. Much so what I'm curious as to what has been, what is that experience like? Or, or how have you the way that I've Yeah. Okay, the way that I've walked through that experience, let's just put it that way, has been um I think the only one that really surprised me was that first one, the, the thyroid cancer. That I was that was I it surprised me. I didn't really understand, but then I did understand the connection and I started working on myself on that. So I that that really helped me a lot. I became more uh, vocal, more, you know, able to speak uh, my truth. I think definitely that that helped. Um, ask me the question again. It's my curiosity is in you've had all of these experiences where you've been told by doctors, like you've okay. had this much time to live and this much time to live. Right. So when I get to the cancer, the other, the, the, the breast and the, oh, so uh, I don't think I explained that at the end of the treatment for my breast cancer, um, when I came back, I don't know if I said it already, when I came back uh, because of the, the, the brain cancer, um, when that diagnosis happened, I did not feel okay. It was not like the first diagnosis. I was, I was really kind of content that I didn't, that I wasn't going to live very long um, because I had had such a, a negative attitude towards, now, mind you, I, I wasn't a horribly negative person at all. It's just that, you know, in my back, in the back of my mind, I was always like, God, this is a, difficult this life thing is really difficult and it's why why does evil when and goodness exist and that was a huge question in my life ever since i think ever since i was little is like i never understood the evilness or or badness of things mm -hmm. like you know why can't everything be beautiful and, and wonderful mm -hmm. you know so um and i i that that was always a, a burden on me so when uh, when I had that first thing, you know, I just thought, great, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm done. And then when I had the second one, it was a, a blow. That one was really a blow. I really cried. It was like, oh my god, I've done all these things, and now it's telling me. But but also, it was a message. It, I heard it clearly. Was oh well, you know, you want to die, and you you you're you're so done. You want to die. Well, you know, we'll just make it shorter for you now. So now instead of three years, you have eighteen months. So. Um, so that and so I went. Oh shoot! You know that means I've got to. I don't have that much time now, so I really be, better get at it and enjoy and start to find the joy in life. And I, I really did that. I have never been as happy in my life as these last five years of my life. And everyone has noticed it. And so, so my approach has been to, li to live every day as if it's the last day. Every day was um, 
every morning I woke up, I was thankful. Every evening I was able to go to bed, I was thankful. Um, and every, I, I did, I looked at every day, whatever it was I saw, whatever it was I did was with great um, gratitude every day. And that hasn't changed. Um, perhaps what has changed is uh, the stre stresses that I had been able to conquer and maybe my body isn't as strong anymore to conquer another one. So um, some stress came back this last year, which I thought I could handle, but I was feeling, definitely feeling the, uh, I don't know, the, uh, the loss of energy. That's the mm -hmm. best way I can describe it, the loss of energy to not to, to and so that made it difficult for me to, to just feel whole, like uh, strong. So my, my strength seemed to decrease. And sure enough, that I was diagnosed that, you know, that it, this had grown back again. And so, um, so I'm trying, I'm trying to work again to, uh, because I did leave those months, I did leave some months where I wasn't doing my practice for those months. And I can almost tell you when I stopped doing my practice and the beginning of the growth of the cancer. And wow. so um, I, I'm fighting my own little battle inside me with my, with the can against the cancer with my med through meditation, through reading, through um, being more observant probably, but mainly really the practice of meditation and, um, and hoping that that will give me a little more time. Again, I'm grateful for the time I've had. I feel like I've been given way more than, you know, uh, I got extra time. So I'm very grateful of that. And I'm very much at peace with the idea of dying. I, I, I don't feel afraid. Um, so it's just kind of, I'm in this place of, we'll see, you know, even though the doctors are like, yeah, you know, you've got, you know, four, four months, that's it, you know, and we're getting ready. And, you know, I've, the end of life people have uh, uh, approached me, I have everything set. I think tomorrow, they're bringing the medication, and all of that. So everything's just going to be set. And I am so grateful to be in the state that that accepts this. And um, I don't know, I, I've done it. I think I've gone through it uh, just uh, without fear. And I think that's the important thing because I've met so many people that I think the worst part of their process of getting ill and, and dying is their fear. And I don't think we need to fear. You know, I think that there is way more, way more than, than what we have experienced. And, um, and even if there isn't, you know, it's like, I even thought of that. I thought, okay, well, what if there isn't? 
it doesn't matter. I would have died anyway. I mean, it's that's not going to, knowing that is not going to change anything, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's going to happen at some point. We are all going to go. So it's not like I'm special and I'm the only one, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't go, I haven't gone through the, um, uh, I haven't gone through any of the cancer experience with a sadness or well maybe sad yeah sad I I guess I sadness sad to leave close people that I love um but not not this um I don't feel sad for myself you know and uh but I feel like I'm going to be connected somehow with everyone and that so on my side, it's going to be okay. It's the people who, who feel the loss that is sad, you know, for mm-hmm. them. But I don't tend to feel sadness when I hear that people pass or die. If, if anything in the past, I would feel like, oh, they're finally in a better place. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's so it's very moving to hear you, you know, speak and and tell your story like this. Um, And the 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 question that that comes up for me is how you know what what part of what part of the journey at what part of the journey did you feel that you reached this point of, I guess we could call it acceptance if if that's you know if that resonates with you just just the acceptance and the another word i guess could be also you know surrender but also not it's not the end you know how you know at what point do you feel you got to that place it's it was probably a combination of things uh i worked in i also worked i i studied art and i studied biology I was uh, very confused as to whether I should be a doctor or an artist. I wanted to to be both. And so I studied, um, uh, I did a double major. So I did a biology degree and and uh, an art degree. So um, um, so I worked in hospitals since I was 16 till I was about 24. Wow. And I worked as a, as a secretary, a ward secretary. So I was always aware. I mean, one of the jobs is you, you are always, um, you're, you're relaying the information to the nurses and information to the doctors and all the other departments. That's kind of what your job is. And, and there were, when there wasn't a whole lot of things to do, you know, I would help the nurses fast water or check in to, you know, patients. And, and so one of the experiences, a couple of experiences I had in the hospital was actually uh, um, uh, observing or, you know, knowing patients that were alive and then an hour later they were dead. Um, or, or they were dying, they were in the process of dying or, uh, or some that weren't and just all of a sudden, you know, passed away. Mm-hmm. So I remember 
distinctly one situation where there was a woman who was who was dying. I mean, we all knew she was dying. And I walked through the room to and I, I and I saw her, I took a look at her, and she was she was fine in the sense that she was still alive. And I just kind of did a, a roundabout and I walked again and she died. She had died. And it was so evident to me that she was that she had died. Um, because her body, there, she was not in that body anymore. It was just like, there's no way that there, that this is it. You know, it's like, I, it just came to me that there is no way. And especially, uh, and, and, you know, forget spirituality, just, you know, uh, what's Einstein's MC square, EMC, what is MC squared, whatever e it is. Equals MC squared. Yeah. Right. That you can't, you can't destroy and destroy um, energy. You know, you can't. Mm -hmm. Energy is a is a constant. You can't destroy it. So, and the energy was obviously gone, and that was my first incident of of death. And I would always argue, you know, with my parents about it, and uh, and then and I think my parents also have helped in my perception about death because they were always very calm about it. Like, yeah, we all, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna, you know, and so there was a conversation on some level as a young person of, yes, you know, we're, we're not here forever and, and that's okay. And it was like never uh, that mysterious at all. And then when my parents got older, you know, we all got together and what do you, what, what if you guys, so anything happened because nothing had happened yet you know what are your wishes so we talked about these things and i think that was a very helpful thing so i never went through life feeling like this was an unfair or unusual experience you know seeing other people or other people going through this um so I think I think that helped, and also then also after my diagnosis of the thyroid cancer, I was very afraid. I was very very afraid, and um, afraid of death, afraid of the pain, afraid of all of it, and um, and I think um, there was a change there, and perhaps it was because I did start reading things that were more directed to, to death experience and to anything spiritual, really. Um, I, uh, I just didn't really feel afraid. It was more, I want to know more. I want to know more about anything, you know, it's just, there's, there's so many mysteries that uh, I'm curious about. So sometimes I, I think about, uh, you know, the process of death and dying and it's like, part of me is so curious about it, you know? And I think that we're not, we live in, you know, in a culture that is so afraid of death that that's not allowed. You're not allowed to be curious right, of what right. happens on the other side, you know? And it's like, but I kind of am like, I'm just naturally curious. Like, I mean, how could you not be in a sense? Right. <laughs> right. You know? Because even as a child, you're looking, you're, 
what happened to that person? They're not there anymore. You know, what, what happened, even though they're supposed is that really uncle Bob, you know, it's like, you know I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, when you were, when you were telling the story of, of watching this, you know, seeing this lady alive and then not there anymore, what they reminded me of the experience that I had when my, uh, my grandmother died when I was 18. And unfortunately it was a very difficult I feel like it was a very difficult transition and I often talk about um, karma, you know, and, and, and reincarnation and, and, and how we, we, I, I really believe that we choose our experiences, our soul chooses our experiences and also chooses who to have in our lives, yes. you know, like the soul contracts and all of it is part of the way that our soul in this time decided it wanted to do it, <laughs> you know, right, like right, experience right, right. evolve. And I always believe that it's all because of evolution. So uh, when I, what do you mean by evolution? The evolution of our soul um, oh, okay, okay. in a way, you know, like all of the experiences that we have, whether we deem them good or bad or whatever human point of view or perspective we put on it when you look at you know the world through the eyes of the soul it, it's all beautiful and it's all exactly the way it was supposed to be right. and you know i think as humans we 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 you know when we're born we forget what you know like we get so excited i think about and i've read a lot of stuff about this too so i think we get so excited to come into the world and be like i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do this and it was actually a book you know that i what i was reading about caroline written by caroline miss called soul contracts i love and that how book. in the you know we're so we're like you know in just her animated way of like i want to learn about forgiveness and then somebody comes in and goes oh well i'll be the one to teach you that you know and then you think it's going to be this is this great idea right. <laughs> and, then, and then you get you know you get into this physical reality and it's like Ooh, it's so heavy. And it's like, instead of like just learning forgiveness, you have to like, you know, somebody has to break your heart or, you know, so that you can, you learn to forgive. Like you can't, you can't like skip the steps, you know, into, and so, yeah. And so it's really, you know, um, it, when I, you know, I remember the experience with my, with my grandma is she kind of, she, she was on like a ventilator for, a while they didn't know what was wrong with her lungs but it was like a lot of like fluid in her lungs and all this stuff and i i've i've dug into it and in, you know afterwards and i understand the story of my grandma and how it all you know why it was supposed to be that way and everything um but that that came after and so but i remember too going to the hospital and then like seeing her dead body and being like where'd she go right because it but right. it wasn't like she just vanished and she's done i knew very very intuitively that she wasn't there but she was right. somewhere right right yeah it, ha yeah. it has to be you know it's like it's just weird <laughs> yeah. like and i and i felt like oh her like what she her essence and who she was it wasn't her body it wasn't this thing that was in front of us it was actually her soul that now went somewhere else because for me there was like no no nowhere in my mind did i feel that she was like done being existing mm. you know what i mean and i yeah. think that that's the fear is that 
we fear that we stop existing, but really we just transition into a different form. Right, right. I mean, I truly, truly believe that. And, you know, there's no, obviously we don't have any concrete proof of that, at least that we know of, right, that we have been privy to. Mm -hmm. But, um, but it is talk about intuition, you know, it, it's there, it's there in, in your, somewhere in your being. Um, and like I said, I mean, I have some friends that are strictly, strictly, uh, I don't know, atheistic and nothing woo woo. They don't want to know anything about any of that. And it's like, um, specifically, I have a friend right now who is uh, an older man who is dying with, of what they think is pan pancreatic cancer. They don't know. And, you know, he's just there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing you can't you cannot convince me that there's anything afterwards and and he's at peace though he is also like i'm okay with it you know it's it's what happens and so i think you know sometimes i think like i said before you know it's like okay even if there isn't something fine what i mean what what is the point of even stressing about that because you're not you're just not going to be even in your in a body anyway so if it, if it all just disappears it all disappears but i don't believe that really it's just you know it's like a, just kind of like a um, a <laughs> a just in case idea <laughs> you know <laughs> just in case <laughs> yeah and i think you know it's interesting that you tell that story um of your friend uh because I always wonder about that too, you know, like I know people that are very kind of, you know, atheistic and they don't believe in anything beyond, you know, this, um, my entire body, mind, spirit tells me otherwise too, <laughs> um, intuitively. Right. Uh, but I always wonder like when it's almost like kind of, I kind of have this grin, like when they finally transition, Oh yeah, and, the then they, and then yeah, they realize the <laughs> they go on. You know, it's funny because I, I, what I think happens. You know, have you read that book um, by Anita Murjani? Yes, yes, yes. Dying to be me. Yeah, such yeah. a powerful book. Um, and I also love that part. The other one, which is "What if this is heaven?" Yes, yes. You know, because that gave me a whole different perspective too. It helped me to definitely be here now you know yeah. be present just be present you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah but i always I, I often you know wonder what it's going to be like for them and honestly i feel like once people transition from all the things that i've read of ex people that have gone to the other side and then come back or had near-death experiences and come back they they all say that their their consciousness survives the transition that Absolutely. that you you know when you when you get you know, when you transition, you don't stop thinking. I mean, so many stories out there of people that talk about go and then I'm watching everything happen. And there's a moment where like, maybe there's a little bit of like, I'm not sure what's going on. You know, like, it, and then the real is when the realization hits like, oh, I, I died. Um, then it's almost like this sort of they what ends up happening is that that small mind merges into the big mind 
and then that's when they experience the light and the expansion and then they realize that they were you know they were everything you know like they were all of it you know and then when they can you know in our in our physical bodies we only have a capacity to our minds to go so far although i feel like we have the capacity to go much further but we haven't developed as a society as a you know that that ability i think we need to remember our magic and how Absolutely. we can really we can really do so much more here in the physical than we think we can but i think in that moment of transition um that that you feel that expansiveness and then you can like see and hear and go anywhere like all of a sudden you're like form you, you can travel there's no space to restrict you anymore and you can literally go anywhere through time anyways i'm i'm going off on a tangent here but i just <laughs> you know like it's just you know this topic of death i feel like we don't give ourselves enough um opportunities to to talk about it and share about it and Absolutely. i that's why i'm so grateful that you were you know you were you wanted to to talk about this and share your story if there was um something that you would want um to tell someone who's maybe experiencing what you're experiencing or anything like it what what would you what would be your your words of wisdom for them i think really 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 is just not to go into fear to try as much as they could not to go into fear to focus on their love to focus on their heart um because somehow the your heart has so much and this is something i'm still learning so much to give you, uh, so much to give us. Um, I really didn't even understand how I could access my heart um, until really pretty recently. Um, some teachings by uh, Carolyn Mace and some other teachings by, um, I've been doing a lot of heart math and I don't know if you've ever heard of heart math. Well, heart math, is very interesting be worth it for you to kind of uh search uh research it it's actually a, a method that is being used in uh, now starting to be used in hospitals uh, trainings for for uh policemen trainings for for people and what it has to do is um controlling the emotions because the emotions uh, directly go to your heart. That's where, where emotion goes to. And then what happens is that your, um, and then they go to your brain. So if you have a, a debilitating emotion, in other words, a sad or upsetting, angry emotion, when we take it to our heart and not, not address it, and it just goes to our brain, then the brain is like, oh no, emergency, you know? fear, anger, whatever the emotion, the negative emotion is, then it produces the cortisol and the adrenaline and all those uh, chemicals that it thinks it needs. Um, a lot of this happens because we are not really in flight or flight anymore, but in our early 
human state we were, you know, more animal. So we still have the uh, uh, reserve, uh, the, the, uh, the, the motion of doing that. We still have the, like that, our body still has the habit of going into flight or flight from, from early, um, from earlier times. So to now in this uh, reality where we have so much stress and so much craziness. So they, um, what they have done, HeartMath Institute has uh, focused itself in the, in probably 15 years ago, they started to, um, to have physical proof so that people will understand and be more open to the fact that this truly does exist. That it goes, that energy, that electromagnetic energy of a, of a feeling goes into your heart, it goes to your brain, and then it gives you stress and the stress creates illness. So um, what heart math does is it teaches you to control that going, leave it to, to leave it into the heart, in the heart, resolve it in the heart so it doesn't go to your brain, so the stress doesn't go to your body basically. Wow. And it's a fabulous program. It is the most simple thing to do. Uh, it's, it's got a lot of, I actually trained in that because I found it so, so actually it was one of the things that has helped me the most in these last two years um, to cope with anything that causes me stress. And I, I am absolutely sure that stress was a great factor in my cancer. So I have really worked on that, on, on trying to decrease the amount of stress, not let it go into the body mm. as easily. But, you know, kind of late, I came late to the party, but it's, I'm still working on it. You did not. You are exactly, <laughs> exactly where you are supposed to be. Yeah. And, I, and I mean that in the most loving way. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wanted to to share a little synchronicity. Um, I it's interesting because I I follow the 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 gene keys, um, and I the thirty fifth gene key is um, my life's work. It's what it's called in my uh, hologenetic profile, and so I I I love this the energy of this um, this gene key, and I just got an email from the gene keys uh organization and right now is they always say which which gene key we're at at the moment you know and it's like every couple of days it changes and so we i got the email while we were talking <laughs> and um the 35th gene key moves from the shadow of of hunger it's like you never feel it's it, it's it's a hunger never feeling satiated or fulfilled you know in life so when you're when you're moving through the shadow of hunger, you are just always wanting more. You're never satisfied. You're never there's you know you never feel like complete. You never feel fulfilled. You know, when you transmute that shadow of hunger <clears throat> into the gift of the thirty fifth gene key, you move into the gift of adventure, and so you allow those desires to know more that curiosity to just take you to have these you know amazing and powerful adventures 
And when you get, when you, when you even transmute the shadow and the gift or find, you know, the balance and when eventually they both disappear, what happens is you enter into this, they call it the city, um, the divine gift, S-I-D-D-H-I, city. And it's, um, it's a word that comes from, I think the ancient uh, <clears throat> India, India, mm-hmm. but it's like the cities of the ancient masters, like were we know them as these kind of miracle things, but the, the, the divine gift of the 35th jinki is boundlessness. And so when you transmute the hunger into the gift of adventure, you eventually open yourself up literally to boundlessness. And I think that that was such a, such a beautiful like synchronicity to the conversation that we're having. And the other theme, um, the other theme, that is the words that are used to describe this gene key is wormholes and miracles. I love it. I think that's such a beautiful, a beautiful uh, spot to, to, to leave um, all the, all the, all the listeners. And if there's anything else that you would love um, to share, uh, feel free. No, we'll have to do another another interview. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just pick it up where we left off. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I so appreciate you being here. Um, and I can't wait, you know, for this podcast to go out. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being, you know, vulnerable and open um, to talking about, you know, this topic that can can seem, you know, scary, but it doesn't have to be so. Thank you. And I do hope that whoever's listening that that that's that's one of the things that you receive is that you you give yourself the opportunity to to receive um, sort of the magic that goes with 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 these um, powerful, you know, transitions that we all we're all going to go through. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Channel for Grace Uncut podcast. If you loved this episode and this podcast, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. You can find me on MeWe and YouTube as at Channel for Grace, and you can discover a world of amazing offerings on my website. If you want to learn astrology, if you want to learn about what it means to discover your inner sacred feminine, if you're curious about how the current astrology is affecting you, if you want a private astrology reading, compatibility or tarot oracle readings, and if you're looking for sweet handmade zodiac themed jewelry and other designs, go to my website www.channelforgrace.guru. I will see you again on our next episode. <laughs>